Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Steve Ray Morris here, and welcome to See Jurassic Right. We're picking up. This is the last, la, this non-spoiler view is a cliffhanger, and we're back into it. We're talking about Camp Cretaceous season two. Again, just a little recap: Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. You know, sees five kids: Darius, Ben, Yaz, Brooklyn, Kenji, and Sammy going to a. You know, basically they're the test group, the focus group for the some. Focus group, yeah, for the for the summer camp, you know, potential summer camp, because not only in you know as we see the events of Jurassic World, that you know the Indominus is set to open for the summer. There's a couple of delays, um, but also this camp is set to open during the summer, and so these five kids come together. Uh, Darius, who, if you remember from season one, essentially Willy Wonka his way into. Uh, Jurassic World, you know, he's still dealing with the death of his father, um, but he gets to go live the dream. And then Ben, he, his parents work at Jurassic World and they're kind of like, yeah, this will be good for you. And I can totally see sheltered parents like, all right, let's get it. Let's let him, you know, it's like, let, it's like, uh, you know, if there was like a, the ball pit downstairs in the office, you know, 
and you know uh every once in a while like kids will come forth but ben's the old timer you know he's he's been there yaz who is uh yasmin is uh yasmina is she is like i mean i love the concept and it's so funny because this is just a very meta aside but if you're looking for anything jurassic park 3 on ebay you are constantly presented with these nascar freaking die cast things and nascar related trading cards because jp3 had some weird nascar tie-ins so it just makes me you know yeah yasmina is she is the nascar of the no um uh yasmina is you know she's an athlete she's sponsored by jurassic and it totally makes sense i mean the zoos uh you know theme parks are constantly sponsoring people and that was that was a little bit of world building that i really love and like I said in my non-spoiler review, Yasmina really shines in this season, and that was really cool. And then Brooklyn is the vlogger. The word unboxing is said a lot in this season, which I love. But And I mentioned again in my spo- non-spoiler review that Brooklyn is sort of the most meta-textual element of this series, but I think it just... You know, if you're making things in 2021, I, you know, there, there's always going to be a meta textual element, um, you know, that sort of calls attention to itself. And, but it feels appropriate because I mean, frankly, I have done, you know, uh, imagine, you know, imagine a world where Jurassic World is real. Like, of course, they're going to invite bloggers and bloggers and bloggers and influencers. Oh my. Um, you know, so this is the stuff, you know, anytime people think that kind of stuff is cheesy, well, it's cheesy in the real world, frankly. Um, and I, under, and I know that, but it, but the way that they handle her, I think is really great. And Brooklyn is still one of my favorite characters and they're really, I don't, I'm so curious to see what they're going to do with her because they really like, is she just going to go full Alex Jones on us? Like with her conspiracies and paranoia, actually probably not because you know, they sort of confirm a lot of her conspiracies by the end of this season. Um, and then we've got Kenji, um, who continues to remain likable despite what an ass he is. And I think, I mean, kudos to Ryan Potter, uh, who voices Kenji for, for being able to do that, to be able, being able to ride that line. And then obviously Sammy Gutierrez, who, uh, you know, ripped straight from Crichton, uh, like I said in my non-spoiler review, you know, basically manipulated into sneaking information out of, uh, Jurassic World to Manticore. And again, I'll, I'll start with kind of my big thought, which is season two, Camp Cretaceous season one is to Jurassic Park as Camp Cretaceous season two is to Lost World. And I mean that like in a very literal way. You just heard me slam my pencil down. There, I literally have almost like 20 individual notes, uh, regarding Lost World references to, you know, a lot Lost World references in this season. And so, you know, Camp Cretaceous season two picks up right where season one left off. You know, something has survived, uh, you know, is the name of the game here. And yeah, they just have to try to, you know, they get abandoned at the end of the first season and they're like, fuck, what do we do? Um, And it sees them going, you know, sort of, uh, you know, sort of trying, you know, how we all think we would want to survive in Jurassic world, you know? And yeah, the, the, it's, you know, uh, I think in a lot of, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting, I've been having a lot of simultaneously simultaneous thoughts right now. And, uh, I, I, there, I forget who said it. I think it was maybe Brad, Brad Jost, uh, from the Jurassic Park podcast, but it's like, or maybe Clayton said this. I don't know. Maybe everyone said it. 
I love you guys. Uh, but you know, there, there is a moment because again, it's like, okay, like Jurassic World just broke down. There is an, a, a, a whole empty hotel. There is restaurants. There's, you know, there's all this stuff. It's not going to be hard to survive in the sense that like, it's not like it's decades after, you know, imagine if Jurassic Park had, you know, or Jurassic Park did break down, but imagine if somebody came to an island with Jurassic Park broken down. Well, there's not going to be that much food left. Like there's not going to be that much supplies. Jurassic World is like freshly abandoned. And, you know, there, uh, at least, you know, I think sometimes people get frustrated with shows, but like, you know, their first instinct will of course go to Main Street. Like that's where, that's where the biz is going to be. But, as we see throughout the season with the reintroduction of Rexy and she's building her nest on main street. So it's like, you know, that's what the first couple episodes of this season really are. Is like, uh, uh, no, I can't. Well, no. Okay. Well, we got to go there. And then sort of layering a couple mysteries. And then again, you know, this is the spoiler review. We get the introduction of uh dinosaur eco terrorist, or well, there we go. Eco tourist to become eco terrorist. Uh, you know, these poachers as played, as played by Bradley Whitford, Stephanie Beatrice and Angus Sampson, which such a great, uh, such a great new trio of voice actors to add to this. Sorry, this is all over the place so far, but that's what, that's what you come to these reviews for. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, th- the, they're, you know, they're just trying to figure out how to survive. They're trying, you know, because, um, they they basically like okay we got to activate a signal I, it's so interesting I, you know what this is how i'm going to approach this because if you went into season two thinking it was going to answer any questions from season one you're wrong sorry uh because they don't and that's what's so interesting about this season because it it is truly the lost world of of this friend you know of this series so far it just like how the original lost world truly just goes off on its own it's you know it it must have been so shocking and i guess i was there so i don't but i I was a kid so i was just excited to see dinosaurs but i mean you know if you were thinking about these sorts of things to watch jurassic park you know they fly away at the end and then lost world opens up new island what nothing's taught like the original jurassic park islands not talked about at all grant nelly are nowhere to be seen malcolm is like a you know, um, uh, a lobotomized version of the, the Malcolm we saw in Jurassic Park, which fair, um, you just barely survived an encounter with dinosaurs and saw people get, get eaten. Uh, but you know, season two really sidesteps so much of season one. There's no, you know, what did I say? Uh, as far as like, I got my, I got pages and pages of notes, uh, you know, no mention of, you know, the rescue situation, um, from season one, like, did the boats turn around? Are they still heading to the mainland? Pro- I mean, the, they, I'm sure they made it to the mainland. Uh, the timeline is a little wonky in season one or in season two. Uh, the timeline is not wonky at all in season one. Um, which I think again, as I mentioned in my non-spoiler review is, you know, to the benefit of season one, but, you know, nothing. Manticore is not here. Dave and Roxy, original rescue crew. You get glimpses of blue, you know, all that stuff. Um, you know, who was birthday Eddie talking about? Uh, you know, none of that stuff is really talked about here. Instead, uh, season two is really, you know, as I mentioned, morality play. It's the big questions that they asked in the lost world, you know, and fallen kingdom too, you know, um, 
do these dinosaurs have rights? Um, you know, sa- you know, saving the herbivores versus saving the predators, all that good stuff. You know, the hubris of man, uh, you know, is man really the, the real monster? All that good stuff, you know, with the introduction of the poachers and having them sort of be bizarro universe versions of Grant and Ellie, the evil, <laughs> evil Grant and evil Ellie and all that good stuff. And yeah, season two is just like a weird, uh, it's a weirder, darker, meaner show. Like everyone, you know, and I, season two isn't necessarily about the characters growing or changing. It's, you know, season one, we get introduced to these characters. They, ha- we, we see their sort of big struggles. And now it's just about making those struggles work within the confines of trying to survive. And so, uh, I mentioned, uh, again in the non-spoiler review that this is really the age of Ultron. Uh, we're, we're in age of Ultron territory where it's because again, it's like you're on this team and you just got to make things work. And, you know, I just find it interesting that like Sammy's sort of whole thing isn't really talked about this season because what's the point? They're all stuck together. And so there, there's just a lot of like grown up, ways and i say grown up i mean just like real world ways of the way people like nobody is just continuing like growing and changing it's like we we are just a product of what we need to be doing at any given moment and so i really like that this season added so many new complications and so many new threads for us to to grab you know and I love, I will, you know, start with a few things that I love. I love that we didn't get to see uh, Ben and Bumpy, um, you know, their survival until later in the season. And I never thought we would do a whole episode with them. And I love that episode so much. I, it, you know, it's that, um, it's that thing of like this kid has sort of had this background knowledge of Jurassic his whole life, even though he's been a big scaredy cat, but you know, after being left behind, it's like, well, either he's going to just die or he's going to become the biggest badass. And so obviously they went, <laughs> they weren't just going to let Ben curl up in a field and die. So I, I definitely prefer the, the the route that they went. And yes, this season feels a little cartoonier. It It's unmoored again by the timeline and events of Jurassic World. And I think we could have a little fun here. And I, you know, uh, obviously there maybe could have been ways that have, that were presented less cartoony, but I don't know. I, it's fine for me. I, I think, I mean, the great thing about season one is that it surpassed everyone's expectations. It was this perfect compact little movie telling the story about, you know, if, if, if the, um, uh, oh my gosh, um, if the Oompa Loompas, if Willy Wonka broke down and Oompa Loompas started to eat the tourists, like that's season one of Camp Cretaceous. Season two is just this meditative, sad uh, fight for survival. I mean, Darius and Kenji are like both very kind of traumatized about letting Ben die in their mind. And, you know, Darius still thinks about his father. And then he's presented with like, Oh my God, these, you know, these, these people who present themselves as like just wanting to take photos of dinosaurs. Like, you got to think season two again, this element. And it's funny because it just makes me think of like the alternate version of JP3 we could have had where, 
instead of Grant being afraid of going back to the island, he actually goes on his own and he's like become obsessed. And so they really took a page from that for Darius in this season where like after they after survival, you know, after they've kind of figured out the lay of the land and, you know, they've rebuilt Camp Cretaceous, it's like, okay, Darius is like, well, now I'm going to work on my book. Now I'm going to just enjoy the beauty and majesty of this place. And then he's given, you know, these two people who claim to sort of like love dinosaurs as much as him. It's like, okay, well, maybe this is better than my shitty life at home where my dad is dead and like nobody appreciates me. Like I could like... I like that there's this false hope for a moment of Darius of sort of like thriving here. Well, I mean, not even false, but I mean, you know, it's that disappointment of the, you know, the humans. And again, I like that there's this bi-level, you know, uh, disappointment of the humans where it's like for Darius, not only are these people actually trying to, you know, kill the, like, you know, they're not just hunters and poachers. They're like, they tried to be his friend, you know, and they used him for information. And I, I feel like people haven't talked about that enough. It's like, that's so devastating. Yeah. I, I really like that about that. Uh, I really like that about this season. And, you know, I, I mean, Mitch and Tiff are the most unlikable characters since, uh, <laughs> since William H. Macy and Taylor Leone's, uh, Amanda and Paul Kirby, Paul and Amanda Kirby. Um, but I mean, I, I think that's intentional and, you know, this season just had a lot of weird stuff. Um, I mentioned, uh, you know, Brooklyn's paranoia and, you know, what is, what's the, what's the, oh, E750. Um, that's sort of the new question. Like, what else has Wu been cooking up in that lab? And, you know, they don't answer that this season, but they sort of just allude to maybe another hybrid or something like that. Um, but, you know, again, this season doesn't really answer any questions, but it still poses new ones. You know, again, I'm trying to think, like, is Kenji's dad going to be somebody? I mean, not somebody like we know from the franchise, but just like, what is his role in Jurassic? Um, you know, we get introduced to this gray uh, Ceratosaurus. Um, you know, the, the Baryonyxes end up on the boat at the end of season two after they kill Tiff. I don't know. It's there's just a lot going on at the end of this season. But in my non-spoiler review, season two is a TV show. And, you know, it's it's blowing the world wide open. And it's this is my this is my thinking. I don't think the kids are going to get off the island till the show ends. I just it, it. I mean, how would you do Camp Cretaceous? without them being on the island. You would have to do the time jump to Fallen Kingdom. But I mean, I feel like that could be served in a... I don't know. I was I was talking to Tom Fishenden about maybe they could do the Digimon model, um, the original Digimon adventures. You know, they're on an island and then they get off and then something happens and it's like there's a whole thing. But... So I could see them doing that, but I, but I also don't see them doing that now. Um, Dominion has been delayed a year. So unless they were going to time jump you know, eventually and have the kids be off the island and deal with dinosaurs in the real world. But, you know, that's not that's not where this show is is now. You know, I mean, maybe if they were to start setting that stuff up in like season three. But I I think what's really cool um, is just people living with dinosaurs, just showing. And maybe that's where the show is going is just sort of presenting a coexisting model uh, of dinosaurs and humans that can work because frankly like the kid at the end of season two like i could see them just chilling like ben has has gone full tom hanks castaway 
Um, you know, everyone is capable. There's still plenty of food and water and all that stuff. Like, honestly, I could see them just being like, well, do we have to leave right away? Like, what if, oh my gosh, what if, and I, I, I also wrote a page of like season three and beyond ideas, but like, what if they start to uncover, you know, some sort of grand conspiracy and as far as like mills and, you know, stuff like that, you know, um, you know, selling the dinosaurs and the Indoraptor and all that stuff. Like what if, what if instead the next season becomes, we're about to uncover this mystery and now people are trying to rescue us, but it's like, no, we're trying to tell you something's going on. It, it, the biggest thing that Brooklyn's character or like her journey reminded me of was uh, Harry Potter's uh, the half blood prince that season's journey of where if you remember, if you've um, fuck JK Rowling, uh, if, if you remember half blood prince that season or that book, you know, in Harry Potter, you know, each book represents a year and you know, there's just chaos that happens every year. Um, you know, the fifth year is Umbridge and, uh, you know, the, the, the Basilisk and Chamber of Secrets and, you know, all that stuff. But season six, or God, I keep saying them as seasons. Uh, book six was sort of relatively calm for most of that year because it was building up, uh, you know, two Deathly Hollows and sort of Voldemort's literal return. So season six had a very paranoid Harry Potter and nobody was listening to him. And I really got those vibes with Brooklyn this season. And so, but what if it expands to the rest of the crew where it's this idea? It's like we're uncovering a mystery, you know, first presented by birthday Eddie in season one. Uh, you know, of who Wu is really working for, you know, no, nobody has any idea what's going on here, you know, all that good stuff. Um, and what if that culminates in the kids knowing something uh, that, you know, is going to be the key to all this? Maybe it's even more extending, not even up to the events of Fallen Kingdom, but maybe up to the events of, of Dominion and Biosyn and all that stuff. And so right now, like this is, I mean, this is just fresh thoughts coming right now um, because I've been sitting with this, you know, now for like a week. But what if, what if Camp Cretaceous ultimately builds to the kids knowing stuff that, you know, is essential for Dominion? And so the idea, so like, so that they are more comfortable there because they've sort of created an ecosystem that has allowed them to thrive on the island. So now it's the opposite where it's like, you know, the show so far has been like, we got to get off the island. But now it's like, no, don't take us away. We're about to uncover this mystery, um, Scoob. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So anyway, those are some, those are some thoughts, but again, it's like, as far as, you know, thinking about this as a spoiler review, um, you know, season two is part of a larger tapestry. It, it doesn't have the, the benefit of, um, you know, sort of being, uh, the timeline of Jurassic World, as I mentioned so far and everything like that. But, um, and so for you, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, I love the, you know, I just want to talk about the dinosaurs for a minute. I love the Baryonyx this season. I love the gray Ceratosaurus. I love seeing the, the, the watering hole, all that stuff. I mean, the image of the berries like all curled up together is one of the most iconic Jurassic images, period. I think they really spent a lot of time focusing on just really getting to know the dinosaurs and getting to, and just getting to know the tapestry of the world this season. And, you know, this'll, this'll, this perfectly ties into uh, my lost world connections. You know, uh, the idea of characters going through ruinous environments, being stranded. This, this season also had a lot in common with the lost world um, TV show with the lost world book as well, too. I mean, essentially the plot of the lost world novel is at some point they have to call for help. And, but then they end up just finding a boat at the end or, you know, they're waiting for help, but the help never comes. So they have to find a boat and we get a T-Rex nest. And whereas camp Cretaceous season one really focused on sort of reintroducing fallen kingdom dinosaurs, like the Sinoceratops and the Carnotaurus into the Jurassic world environment. So that, you know, because we didn't see a lot of fallen kingdom dinosaurs introduced, but they were there during the events of Jurassic world. I really loved season one for that of like, okay, where was the Sinoceratops? Where was the Carnotaurus? And not so much in like, where are they, but sort of just creating a fuller, richer Jurassic world. Um, Whereas this season really kind of focused on a lot of lost world dinosaurs. I mean, again, Rexy being a much bigger star this season, you know, at the beginning and the end. And then also really having a lot of Comp Sognathus moments. We got Pizza Compy. The Stegosaurs really were given a lot of time to shine. Parasaurolophus. So, like, again, this, this season just... Te- um Texturally just had so many lost world notes. You know, we got the long grass. We got freeing dinosaurs from cages. I, I cannot tell you how much I love the whole, like, wanting to free the baryonyx, you know, when, uh, you know, when they were freeing the Sinoceratops and the stegosaurs. I loved all that good stuff. Again, like, you know, this, this season also had tons of shades of the, Fallen Kingdom, save the dinosaurs stuff, which to me that, I mean, that's why I love Fallen Kingdom so much because I'm just such a sucker for that. Like, you know, f- free the dinosaurs, save the dinosaurs. And again, like the lost world, we got all like the hunting and poacher like angle as well too. You know, uh, um, Hap. Yeah. Hap, Hap, Hap was like such a great character. You know, I, I I, you know, you wanted more time with him because I love his turn. I love this idea. I mean, th- there are people like that. And, you know, the hunter with the heart of gold, um, which, you know, the Roland Tembo model of things. I would say, what did I say about, um, oh, I said something about Hap somewhere, but like, you know, he's an even nicer or he's an even more noble version of Roland Tembo. Like, 
happens if is if Roland Tembo had sacrificed himself to save like Kelly and Sarah and Malcolm, you know, and uh, Nick Van Owen, you know, if if Roland Tembo had done that in Lost World, that would have been hap. We literally get a oh oh what this is what I said a bad seeming good guy. We even got our high hide with Camp Cretaceous being rebuilt. We have a character on their own again, like the the beginning of the Lost World was Sarah Harding sort of doing her own thing, or in the Lost World book Richard Levine, um, you know, with Ben on their own. Obviously, again, like Ben was much more of a castaway kind of adventure, um, uh, you know, but still the same sort of beats or feelings um you mentions of geothermal power a little bit more herbivore based action with the stegosaurus fighting and stuff like that we literally get a motorcycle scene through boulders which was in the lost world book and um you know again hunters trying to get the buck or well not not a buck but a male a buck only well um not in this not in uh camp Cretaceous season two they're just trying to go after rexy you know, and again, it's this idea of like, you know, the, what rights to the dinosaurs have. We literally get a shock prod. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously that was in season one as well, too, but, um, and the notion of humans tricking or, you know, of the kids tricking a dinosaur into getting, you know, into killing one of the humans, like with, uh, Mitch. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, I don't, man, I, I really love season two. Just to even talk about it now it makes me want to rewatch it again. It's just, yeah, it's, I mean, even this review, uh, is all over the place, but that's because season two is, you know, because there's no propulsive thing, it's, you know, each episode is sort of its own, its own beast, you know? And I mean, once, once Mitch and Tiff get introduced, it, it definitely starts to pick up the pace a little bit more and sort of the focus on rescuing, um, the dinosaurs and rescuing Darius from them. But again, it's just, it's, it's kind of dealing with its own rules. I mean, even the characters like, which they call out Mitch and Tiff. It's like, wait, you said two days that the boat's coming, but now you're saying three days. So there's just a lot more mind games going on, uh, with season three or season two, because it's sort of laying pieces out for a season three and beyond. Um, my favorite line in the show, uh, in this season was Ben being, it really feels like we aren't getting enough out of the Mosasaurus guys, um, which just made me laugh so much. I mean, the Mosasaurus sequence in season one is one of the best. Again, another amazing Jurassic sequence. And um, it is funny that they did not use the Mosasaurus at all this season. It makes sense. I mean, again, you're the, the problem with Jurassic all the time is which dinosaurs do you use when, how, and you're always, you're always, pressure to always reuse the same dinosaurs but at the same time you want to make things you know different and again my my real final thoughts on this is that camp cretaceous season two is the lost world um in the very sense that it is very much refuting a lot of the feeling vibe pace and even dinosaurs of season one and you know, when Lost World came out, a lot of people didn't like it. You know, Lost World's, you know, a lot of people, it's Jurassic Park, Lost World. Um, not for me, sister. <laughs> and I struggle with this because I'm somebody who has been very critical of the Lost World. And as somebody who, I mean, it it might be Spielberg's worst movie other than like 1941. Um, uh, you know, it it's just a funky, weird, moody little brother to season one's, you know, track star, uh, Pokemon master, Pokemon champion. 
But I don't know. I think, I mean, again, I obviously love all the Jurassic movies, but the, the lens at which we are presented a lot of these lost world elements in Camp Cretaceous 2, um, Camp Cretaceous season two, you know, it, it, it presents the best things that I liked about the lost world. Um, I guess I should say. And so to me, it just feels like, again, like I, I just, <laughs> like when I post, like when I was like writing all these notes and I like posted a picture of it, I was like, I got to tag Clayton because like Clayton, like loves lost worlds. And, you know, and it's that thing of like, we look at the nostalgia and there's so much nostalgia for Jurassic park, Jurassic park. All right. Jurassic park. Again, we got it. Oh, kitchen scene. Um, uh, you know, life finds a way, whatever. But like, I kind of love that this season was sort of like, no, but Lost World, you know, for a lot of people, gr- I just banged my chair for a lot of people growing up, uh, you know, and I, I can't remember a lot of people, I think Megan Baker, who I originally interviewed like way back, you know, during the, uh, season one of Sea Jurassic, right? But for a lot of people, Jurassic Park and Lost World were sort of two halves of the same, you know, pie um, growing up, you know, you didn't have Jurassic Park and then Lost World. It was Jurassic Park and Lost World were sort of just, you know, part one and part two, um, a very strange part two, but uh, part two nonetheless. And so I really love that this season was nostalgic for the Lost World. And um, yeah, it's just interesting. It's just really interesting. And there was some Jurassic Park three elements again with like Mitch and Tiff, but eh. Yeah, it's interesting to see because that's always the thing. And I, I've talked about this once or, you know, a couple times before, but I'm so curious to know what Colin and Emily think of Jurassic Park three, because I think by now, again, we're entering, we've entered the era of, uh, with Fallen Kingdom, we are in the era of lost world appreciation. You know, that movie really was like a more exciting, dramatic version of, uh, of lost world. And, you know, Camp Cretaceous season two really doubles down on the lost worldness of it all. Um, you know, so I'm like, are we going to enter a season? <laughs> are we going to enter a phase of where everything's very Jurassic Park three? Like, I don't know, but yeah, I think, you know, what would have made this better is if they had really brought back the moment, the Mementiosaurus. I, you know, and that was rumored for a while. Maybe we'll get that in season three, but you know, again, Camp Cretaceous, it's, it, we're going to be here for a while. So I think season two really was like strap in. Um, you know, we're not going to give you all the answers. We're not going to spoon feed you. We're going to just sort of, um, it's just weird living on an island with dinosaurs. And so we're going to try and figure it out. Yeah. So that's my, uh, that's my Camp Cretaceous season two review. I hope you enjoyed it. It was very strange, but um, very fun. And, you know, I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I waited a while to, or, you know, a week. I'm glad I waited a week to review it because I just, when I watched it, I just was like, there's just so much. It's just a lot of little things to parse through. And again, I probably didn't get to it all. I would love to do more, uh, you know, more discussions about Camp Cretaceous season two. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I'm glad we... (laughs) No, well, I really like the weekly, you know, Mandalorian WandaVision model. You know, it's unfortunate that the, se- you know, Camp Cretaceous, the whole season drops. You watch it in one night like I did. And then you sort of like, okay, well, I have to, I have to watch it again because I don't even, it was all a blur. So, I don't know. Let me know. Would you would you prefer Camp Cretaceous to be on the sort of week-to-week model? Or do you think it is even justified? You know, um, I mean, 
WandaVision has been so spectacular. It's like you need a week to process what you just watched. Um, it, I don't know if that's quite the same for Camp Cretaceous, but they're both, they're all really good. And I think, uh, Camp Cretaceous in general, I think certain episodes were better than others. Like I think season one just got better as it went along and it just is such a propulsive, beautiful, you know, piece. But season two just has so much more promise and it has, it just has a lot of really great ideas and cool concepts and great moments. I mean, all the Baryonyx motorcycle stuff was just so thrilling. Um, you know, Rexy's nest and all that was great. All the underground, going back underground again was really cool. Uh, the watering hole and all that majesty was really awesome. And yeah. So yeah, let me know what you thought of season two. Let me know if you've rewatched it a, a bunch. I felt like, I felt like season one, I didn't need to rewatch as much right away because I felt like it was just very clear. Um, but season two, season two definitely requires more pondering and thinking, you know, ooh, ah, you know, that's where it always starts. But then later there's running and screaming. So. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, yeah, let me know what you thought. Um, SJR Pod on Twitter, see Jurassic Right on Instagram, see Jurassic Right Facebook group. Um, I love you all, and I'll see you very soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.